Morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness For Real. It's your girl, Marlena. And today, I chat with the Move On coach herself, Kiana Daniels. Kiana and I chat all about her journey to becoming an author, her many published books, and we chat about something that I don't think we've talked about on this show yet, and that's being single and how to navigate that and how to get out of a toxic relationship or that cycle of finding yourself in those relationships. We talk about a ton of other stuff. This was such a fun conversation. Absolutely love Kiana. If you don't follow her on Instagram, make sure you do. Check out her website, kianadaniels.com. Let's get it started, y'all. Today, I have Kiana Daniels with me. How are you, Kiana? I'm great. How are you, Marlena? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Just like most people we have on the show, we're like internet friends, but like it's like so much you talk about online. So it's fun to be able to like bring people on the show and just learn more about them. Um, Because obviously everybody, right? What we see on social media is like a small, such a small piece of who we are. So yes, for sure. That's a great place to start. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Kiana? Yeah, so I'm Kiana Daniels. Um, I always like to start with that. I'm a mom. I know I don't show as much as my mommyhood on my weight loss page, but I have a six-year-old daughter named Joy. I'm an educator, so I work at the University of Michigan, working with graduate students and families. So that's one of my favorite things to do, um, being able to connect with other students along their educational journey has been fun for me. And I've lost over 100 pounds, um, which has been incredible. My life has changed so much, gained more confidence. And um, I don't know, I just feel like a better human now that I'm able to like, now that I've shed the weight, I just feel better about myself because I've been doing so many things that I've never thought I would do before. So it's been an incredible ride. And I'm an author. So I have three published books out right now. Um, I'll have a couple of more coming up soon, but I write urban fiction. So, um, I like to just tell stories that I've been through that others been through that I make up in my head. So (laughs) I love that. I love writing. It's been a passion of mine since I was a child. So I have many hats, but life is great. I can't complain at all. That's amazing. And so your books, um, like I was on your website before we came on here to chat and I saw you, you call yourself a dating expert. So how did, (laughs) how did that happen? Like, are you, do you just date a lot? So you just kind of learned so much about it? You know, so back in, uh, 2016, I was going through like a toxic relationship And I noticed, you know, I've I've been working with students since 2011, and I will be working with these girls, you know, get close to them, and they tell me about their situations, and I'm like, what? So I'm giving them sound advice. Meanwhile, I was in a whole toxic relationship (laughs) of my own, although I was trying to tell them, like, hey, you should do this, like, that's not good for you, this is, you know, bad signs, red flags, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna put this into a book. It it started off as a journal, just me trying to get past the toxic relationship. So I was writing about everything. Um, And I was like, I'm gonna turn this into a book. And so that's what I did. And so that's why I called myself the move on coach because, you know, people find themselves in situations and then it's like, they don't know how to move on to something better or just move on in general for their own well-being. 
And so on my Instagram page at author Kiana Daniels, I make videos, I do TikToks, anything relating to, you know, moving on from toxic relationships, loving yourself, being in a healthy, thriving relationship. That's how I adapted that title, The Move On Coach. So it's been fun. Like I have a lot of women who hit me up and chatting them through. I'm just now starting to do coaching um because you'd be surprised like people are entangled in like crazy relationships for years upon years and they need help getting out so I'm getting my feet wet in that and it's been a lot of fun that's amazing do you find that especially this year with people being trapped in their homes and a lot of people uh really having this like reality check of what's important to them and what their life looks like are you finding a lot of people are like really trying to get out of relationships that really don't serve them you know it's half and half some people are I I know uh, quite a few people who like this was the year that it's like okay this marriage ain't working or this relationship ain't working but some people are clinging like you know Mm, it's cool to be quarantined with your toxic bae because you know (laughs) you know them that's like my new thing that I've been saying like okay you're gonna be with toxic bae this year okay but you know them and um you don't have to get to know someone new it's hard dating during the pandemic like meeting somebody and vetting them you don't know if they got the wrong or anything like that (laughs) right man I can't imagine being single this year not that there's anything wrong with being single but having to try to navigate dating Mm -hmm. on top of a pandemic like that's I would assume that comes with a lot of extra stress and dating is already so hard it is it's already so hard and then you know, going out with people, then there's limited stuff. I live in Michigan, you know, our state is like pretty much on a pause, they say. So all of our restaurants, bowling, movies, everything is closed. So if you're trying to date, what do you do? You know, right. where do and you it's go? very cold outside. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I am so over. I, I don't know why I still live here because I hate the snow. But, you know, Same. here we are. <laughs> in <laughs> yes, the Midwest, freezing. Too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's, it's weird. You know, people, some people are, you know, waking up to realize it's not good. And some people are clinging on. So, you know, to each their own. But when they're ready, I'm that girl. You can contact me. I can help you get, get out of it. I love it. I feel like that's something we haven't talked about I don't think at all on this show like being single um Mm -hmm. Felicia and I are married so it's not even something that we've talked about but I was single for most of my life and dated a lot (laughs) before I married my husband um so and I and I found myself in a lot of really toxic relationships and chasing men uh who were terrible for me and you I look back at it now and I'm like why (laughs) like why was I so stuck on this dude and he sucked Uh, so what do you find, like, what do you think people get stuck in that pattern? You know, I think, and I can definitely speak for myself because I was there, but you know, you kind of, there's a lot at play, you know, fear that you might not find someone else or, you know, a lot of women think that they can change and men, like it doesn't, whatever, whoever you're, you're dating, you think you can change them. So you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know that they're like being trash, but I'm just going to hold out hope that they'll change or I'm going to tell them what I want them to change and expect for them to change. And then they don't. So a lot of that, some people are just desperate, you know, tired of being single, you know, would rather be with someone and be on the market than to be on the market looking for someone. So um, I know for me, it was just a sincere hope that the person would change. Um, You know, I can work with you and I can help you and just listen to me. If you do it this way, it'll work. Um, and you know, that's the empath in me and, 
you know, you have to di dive deep. That's one of, one of the things I recommend to women is diving deep because therapy has been a game changer for me to see like what is toxic about me? What is attracting a certain type of dude? Why do I think that I should have to put up with it? Why do I want to change somebody? Um, and so I have had to pour all of that energy that I would have put into somebody else in me. And that's been the game changer for me. That's how I was able to lose a weight. That's how I was able to get through this self-love confidence journey. So yeah, I think that's why people do it. Yeah. And you mentioned like looking at your own toxic traits. I feel like that's a step that a lot of us want to skip over. We mm -hmm. want to look at like the person we're trying to change, like you said, because we've all been there, right? Trying to yeah. change someone into being a better person. Um, there's kind of that fine line between like growing with someone in a relationship and like just trying to force change on somebody. Uh, right. But looking at yourself and being self-aware and really being like, okay, well, what are the toxic things that I'm doing that is contributing yeah. to this? Yeah, that's one reason why, like for me, I, I'm currently single and I had my dating um, episodes, but I've decided like, I need to figure myself out because I, I know my toxic behaviors and I know when I get into certain relationships with a certain type of man that, that comes out even more. So I took, I've been taking time to heal and work with the therapist so that when I get into my next relationship, I'm ready. Um, I've soul searched. I know how to like, when I'm triggered, how to work with that. And I like the fact that I'll keep my therapist. So when I'm ready to date again, as things are coming up, I can talk to her about it. Like, okay, this is what happened. This is what I'm going through. This is what I said. This is what the, you know, it's a process. So yeah. trying to date from a different standpoint than I did before. Cause it was just like, Oh, free for all. Let me just hop into this relationship. <laughs> now I'm trying to do it with a different mindset, you know, and I mean, I'm not saying everybody has got a date like this because I know some people are like, oh, I don't have time for that. But that's just the perspective that I want to have. And I'm, I'm almost ready to jump back out there, but not quite right now. We'll let the Rona pass and then I'll go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, you definitely get what you give, right? And so being a more well-rounded person and dealing with your own shit, you're yes, going to attract yes. someone who has also done the work to deal with their stuff so when you come together less baggage to lug around right yeah because we all got baggage you know nobody's oh, yeah. perfect out here um we all have flaws we all have toxic traits and behaviors and just recognizing them and like i don't know like playing on my strengths and planning our weaknesses that goes a long way in relationships because there will be compromise nobody's going to be 100 like you want them to be so that's my goal. We'll see, you know, invite me back in a couple of years and we'll see where we at. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're planning on having a retreat. So maybe we'll have you there as our, our relationship expert or dating expert. Yes. I love it. I love I it. I like that. Yes. So your first, first book is Grow, Move On, right? Mm -hmm. is that the title? Okay. So if you're struggling with finding yourself in really toxic relationships and finding yourself in that cycle, definitely check out Kiana's first book. Um, and then your second, your, you have a second and a third book, which are like, uh, yeah. they're about the same Maybe. characters. Yeah. So do you want to yeah. talk about like what inspired that? Yeah, so Tamia and Mo, um, it's actually sort of like the fiction version of the book in a few ways. Um, so it's about a young girl and she had gone through a relationship that went left for her. Um, and then she finds herself in another relationship with a super toxic guy. Like he is telling her all these lies. 
she's believing him at first, but then she's getting the proof and she's still kind of like, okay, I'm going to trust what he says. Um, and she's just finding herself compromising a lot. Um, she has, she's from a Christian background and she compromises on that. Um, and, but they're toxic. They're just plain toxic. He's toxic. Um, when readers read it, they're like, oh my God, Mo, like fill in the blank. I want to do X, Y, Z to him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure we all know a Mo. We all know a Mo, right? Yes, we all know at least one Mo. And so in the first book, they're just kind of getting their like, start trying to figure out their, you know, relationship. And by the second book, um, I don't want to give too much away by the second book. They're like way, they're like in deep. Um, They're connected, you know, for life. And um, they're trying to navigate that. But she, you know, is in some different relationships that kind of causes that one to come into question, you know, the standing of the relationship she has with the most. So it's juicy, lots of twists and turns, lots of drama. I like to put shock value in my books just so people can be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, and so by the end of book two, people are really mad, you know, like how could he have done this thing? So that series is coming to an end in February, um, Valentine's Day weekend putting that series to end. I'm also writing a short prequel about Mo, so you can see where he was before the beginning of the series. So that whole series is going away, four books, and I'm done. So yeah. I love it. (laughs) I just ordered the first one, so I'm excited to read it. Thank you so much. I hope you love it. I I get a lot of feedback. Everyone has strong feelings about Mo. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We all need a good character to, to like hate love, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you've lost over 100 pounds, which congratulations, that is amazing. Thank um, you. So you were someone who like struggled with your weight your whole life, like me, which I can absolutely relate to. So for you, like what was the changing point? Like what, what finally clicked for you that really helped you take control of your health? Yeah, so I really want to be transparent in saying like this is my eighth weight loss journey. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, how many of us can relate to that? Right. (laughs) Listen, I I really, anyone who listens to this, like, I I know that there are a lot of people and I see them on Instagram, like they get that one time that they decide enough is enough. And that's it. It was not like that for me. Um, but this time I had lost, um, 51 pounds between 2016 and 2017. And I was doing so good. And then um, I got a new job. My daughter had to go to a new school. We moved to a new city. I got into a new relationship. Just a lot of transition happened in 2017. And during that transition, you know, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm dating. We want out all the time. We're both just eating and eating. (laughs) And I put on like 40 pounds. So I went to the doctor and she was, I had been doing good. And, you know, she saw me within the 51 pound loss. And when I came back, I had on 40 pounds and she's like, Shana, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I mean, I'm eating, like I'm happy. (laughs) And so she's like, you really need to get this under control. Cause I had gained like 40 pounds in nine months. Like it was not even that long of a period. So I said, okay. Um, she wanted me to check into the sleeve. So I was like, okay, I'll check into the sleeve. I went to the appointment and I have one question for them. I was like, you know, what, what are the mortality rates? I have a six-year-old, I'm a single mom. I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And Marlena, when I tell you they would not answer the question, like no, no answer, 
completely ignored it. I had to continue asking. They still didn't give me an answer. So I was like, I'm not going to do this. I had done um, Weight Watchers many times and had success. So I went back to that program in October of 2018. So it was really my doctor kind of pushing me to face my weight. Um, I wasn't ready, but I also kind of felt like, well, I can do it again. I've, I've lost weight before. I can do it again. But I made a promise to myself back then that I would never quit. And I've kept to that promise. And we're almost in 2021. It's been since October 2018. And I have not quit. It's been up and down. But I feel like I'm in a sweet spot right now, even though um, I'm not too happy with my weight. I was just talking to you about this in Messenger earlier. Yes. <laughs> I got on scale this morning, like, really? Um, but I feel happy, and I, I, I love my body right now, and so I'm like, okay, this is cool, and I still haven't, you know, quit, so I work out hard, um, and I've just stayed consistent and dedicated to the journey, so it's been a, a good ride for me. That's awesome. It sounds like you had a big mental shift, that, that piece yeah. of just not giving up on yourself because mm-hmm. for so many of us, uh, you know, we gain a little bit back or start to, our habits start to slip. Cause really at the end of the day, what's the most important is exactly what you said at the end is how we feel. Yeah. Right. And, and our habits, those, those are really the most important pieces, our weight, uh, which we had a conversation earlier today. Um, you recently just started weightlifting and you were asking me about like the gains, right? Because yeah. um, especially when you first start um, and you've already lost a lot of your weight, right? So yeah. when you start to lift after you've already lost a lot of weight, um, you, you sometimes the scale does go up and that has a lot to do with how our muscles recover and how we retain water, um, yeah. just so many different things. Um, so for me, like I've been maintaining my weight loss for almost two years now. And, um, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I can't even deal with the scale. <laughs> like I'm so <laughs> over caring yeah. about what that number is yeah. because, um, you know, it's like you really have, so that that's a piece I feel like that gets missed a lot with weight loss too, is okay. Now that I've lost the weight, mm-hmm. how do I transition from that? Like weight loss mindset into like, okay, now I need to figure out how to do this forever Yeah, um, and still take care of my mental health too. Right. Cause for a lot of us, that number does affect our mental mm-hmm. health. Um, so I'm glad we were able to have that conversation because you know, a lot of us struggle with that, right? For sure. I remember um, <laughs> I went to a dub dub meeting one time and I just knew I had a good week and I got in there and that scale was up and I was livid. Like I sat there so mad the whole meeting. If it wasn't for my leader, I would have left because I love, I love my leader. Um, and if it wasn't for her, I would have walked out. And I was just so mad the rest of the day. And I remember seeing a post from Mariel, um, uh, Learn From Me is her handle. Mm-hmm. And she is always so positive when she has gains. And I was like, who are you? Like, why? Like, how? How do you do this? Right. <laughs> and so I took the time to really soak in what she was saying. And from that moment, I was like, okay, I could either just keep going and let it just roll off my back. And, you know, not take it so personal when I gain. And that's the space I've been in because it's been nine months since I've had a loss. I've been like in this 
same plateau for nine months straight. And I had to come to terms with myself like, okay, plateau or not, you're going to continue working out. You're going to continue eating well. So in some senses, it's like screw the scale. And then sometimes it does like mess with me and I'll get on there and I'm like, really? I would just love to, you know, I haven't been at my lowest weight since March because it just keeps going back and forth. So, you know, you've been maintaining and you're trying to figure out, you know, that part, it just does not always look the same. And that's what I'm embracing now that, okay, I don't know if or when the scale will go back down. Maybe I should just focus on lifting and trying to tighten my body up and leaning out. As long as I keep going, no matter what happens, it's all good. And so that's what I'm trying to embrace for myself. And it's hard, but I'm slowly into my life more. Um, arbitrary number, like 140. Like, where did I get this number from? <laughs> where, where do we ever get these numbers <laughs> from, right? And for right. a lot of us, the number that we chase tends to be the number we were when we were teenagers or when we yeah. were children. And it's like, uh, we grown ass women now. Like, we don't, yeah. you know, our bodies change and that's normal. And I just want to say, I know you said you've been plateauing for nine months. Kiana, you've maintained over a hundred pound weight loss for nine months. That's amazing. You are so right. I, I thank you for that. I'm, I am all for perspective shifts because sometimes we look at the, you know, short end of the stick. You're right. I, I definitely have been maintaining my weight and I think it's pretty cool, you know, cause I know that if I do end up getting smaller, it's like, well, if I just keep doing that, I can maintain, but you're right. But this 140, I, I had neglected Weight Watchers' this number, which was 127. I'm like, I've had a baby. Um, I have a lot of loose skin. 127 ain't going to happen. Yeah. How, like, how oh, tall are you? I'm 4'11". Okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> I'm 5'2". So you must be shorter than me. I didn't realize there were people yeah. shorter than me in this community. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very, very short. Okay, so 127 okay. makes sense, but, you know, it, that would never work for me. Yeah. Um, so I settled on 140 and my body has just been like liking the 160. So I fluctuate anywhere between, it's been 163 to 167. Um, but my lowest weight, I had gotten down to 160. And I'm sure I'll see it again, but I'm trying not to focus on that. I'm just trying yeah. to focus on the next phase of my journey. So absolutely. And, and just focusing on overall strength and just having those, like continuing to have goals, but not yeah. scale related goals or, or number right. numerical related goals. Um, you know, it's, it's really powerful and it's part of the process, right? Like we all mm -hmm. have to go through this process and learn, like if we were just good at this, like we wouldn't be in a weight loss journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. It takes some adjustments. I think for me, because I had gotten so used to for like, mm, like a year and a half, consistent losing like I would gain here and there but every Saturday I would post my little you know weigh in yeah and so I haven't been able to post one of those in nine months and I see everyone else and they're like posting their net minus 2.5 had a good week yeah <laughs> and I've been like trying to come to terms with that like let me root for you because you're killing it still and that has no bearings on my journey I'm where I'm at and it's cool and so I have to talk myself through these moments and I talked to my therapist about it too and she always asked like how's it going I'm like I haven't lost any weight but you know <laughs> so 
still maintaining. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm just in a different phase of my journey. I've lost a lot of weight and I'm very proud of, of that. And so, yeah. You should be, and I'm proud of you too. And I love following your journey, and I can't wait to see like how much more you grow um, into what's next for you, which is exciting. Thank you. Yeah. So you're also an educator. So you mentioned that you work um, at the university. Um, yeah. And you work in the d- diversity and inclusion, correct? Yes, that's a big part of my work. So okay. uh, my main work is doing, honestly, diversity and inclusion. <laughs> is my work because I work with graduate um, students and families and we have a huge international student population um, with the community I serve. Um, But I have been able to do some cool stuff, a lot of workshops, um, a lot of learning to start when I first got here about my own identities. Um, And I, it was a difficult process just kind of understanding my own privilege. because sometimes when you're from marginalized backgrounds, you don't realize the privilege that you have. So that was a process for me. Like, wait, actually, you're able-bodied. You know, you don't have any disabilities mentally, physically, nothing. Um, you know, economically, we're good. Uh, we're not rich, but we're good. Um, so I had to kind of go through that. So that process enabled me to be able to work with students. And so diversity and inclusion is my thing. It's very tough because though I like teaching on it and giving workshops about it, um, it pains me because people, you know, sometimes are willfully ignorant, um, willfully, you know, oppressing people and not recognizing their privilege. And, you know, I've had a lot of tough moments in workshops that I've done, but it's all been like super fruitful for me and my learning. And so, um, just even within this weight loss community, I've seen so much over the last few weeks and trying to keep that objective, um, mindset, but also recognizing that my identities have been on the line and attacked has been, you know, it's been hard and interesting if I could say it like that. Yeah. And I feel like those are, like diversity inclusion, like buzzwords we keep hearing, mm-hmm. right? But like, what does that really mean? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because in a lot of ways, the terms diversity and inclusion are like trendy. Um, and what places like where I work or different organizations or different initiatives use to, to just say they are more welcoming of different backgrounds but for me what it boils down to is that we all have different identities whether it's our sexuality our race our ethnicity even bodies you know i like to talk a lot about bodies in my workshop because a lot the majority um standard is being like this european focused skinny slender body um and fat phobia is real so that's a thing i just feel like it's what it boils down to is our identities and how we are leveraging our identities with each other. Um, How are we recognizing our privilege and what are we doing with the privilege that we have to help benefit others? So although, um, although like our identities are ingrained in our, in society to the point where things are systemic, we all could be doing things to level the playing field for each other. 
And I think socially, we all have a responsibility to do those things, but it just doesn't play out like that. And the systemic racism that we all in, um, in many ways benefit from um, is something that is very hard to tear down, but if everybody does their part, it can make little pockets of the world better. So yes, diversity and inclusion, huge buzzword, huge trend um, is what people treat it like. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a life. Like, my life, your life, you know, um, right. it all ties into that. And it's not just something trendy that we should be doing to look good or to influence numbers or for financial or monetary gain. So I love that. You explained that very well. Thank you for uh, breaking that down for us because it is right. It's becoming these like buzzwords. I mean, I think every day I get at least one email from a company that I've bought something from with diversity and inclusion in it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or them talking about what they're going to do or what they want to do or, and it's just kind of like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little tiring. And one thing that I've been reflecting on and kind of like trying to digest over the last couple of days um, about inclusion is inclusion is intentional. And so I know when a lot of the companies rush to put up the black square or rush to make comments about stuff, you know, if you're, if you're, if inclusion was intentional for you, you would not have had to do any of that because you would have been doing it all the time. Right. And so one of the things that I pride myself on when I work with students is to kind of think about their experience holistically. And I think this can be applied to anybody else. If you're thinking about people holistically, you're not going to do things that harm anybody because you already thought about, Ooh, if I do that, then that's going to affect this group of people. Or if I say that, that's going to be, you know, so I don't feel like um, inclusion is intentional for a lot of organizations, companies, or people, because you will make sure that it's in every facet of your operation, or just as you are, just as human. If you're an inclusive human, then that shows in your behavior, what you say, the friends you have, your connections, how you spend your money. Um... So yeah, inclusion is not just, okay, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to do this that shows I have diversity and that's it. It's, <laughs> right. it's all the time. If you put inclusion in your life on a regular basis. You're examining what you do, what you say, how you spend your money, who you spend your time with. Um, and trying to get people to understand that you would think would be easy, but I found that it's not. People don't get it. And so that's why I love to do the work because I don't I don't mind challenging and poking holes in frames of thought. Like, okay, let's think about that in a different way. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned like body diversity and fat phobia. And I feel like that these are conversations that um, we need to be having more in our wellness community, especially in our weight loss community, right? Because mm-hmm. um, even for myself, when I first like started my weight loss journey and I started my Instagram and I started following like fitness influencers and they were all like, I mean, no shade. I still follow a lot of these people, but they were all that like, quote unquote, ideal body type, right? Yeah. Um, and it, actually, just recently this year, I realized that, that I was following so many people. I mean, and they were all different races and yeah. sexual or, you know, and like they were all very different people, but their body types were all so similar. And I was like, yeah. why are all of these fitness influencers I'm following, why do they all look like this type? Like, I'm never going to look like this, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so this year, I've been really intentional about following 
a huge variety of body types uh, when it comes to people that share their workouts because that's where I get my workouts is from Instagram yeah. lifting most of them. Um, and same with like fat phobia. That's another realization I had this year, um, that I'm like, okay, even as someone who was overweight for most of my life, I still have fat phobic thoughts. I still fear (laughs) gaining my weight back. Um, you know, so it's like, that's something that I think I've been working through and I'm probably going to work through for a really long time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You just said so much because (laughs) I get so afraid of gaining all the way back. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, you have one, you know, treat. You're not going to gain a hundred pounds back tomorrow. Like (laughs) chill. Mm -hmm. But that is because our society has been pushing weight loss. Like weight loss is a billion dollar business. Like there's so much money to be made. You yes. see all these new companies coming out with all these products because they know we're going to buy it up. Right. Um, if, if we think it's going to help make us skinny, yeah. keep us skinny. And so I, I was just looking at Lizzo. You know, there's Lizzo was in the news about, you know, she's doing some type of detox or something. And yeah. there's a lot of thoughts about that. And a lot of people are saying that her detox feeds into fat phobia. And I I try to, I don't know, I'm just a person who likes to look at stuff objectively. Like Lizzo is a boss. Like she know what she's doing. Like she yeah. ain't gonna just do stuff arbitrarily. If she felt like she needed to do a detox, she said she had been having a couple of weeks of, you know, eating bad and she wanted to just center herself and she's been sleeping better and feeling better. Um, but people I've been saying who are in, you know, who are saying like fat phobia is real, that she should not have announced that she did the detox. And I'm like, Lizzo can do what she wants. Like, if this is going to help her, like, and she feels strongly about it, just because she's an um, artist and has a platform doesn't mean that she d- can't share with us. But I get where people are coming from because fat phobia teaches us do this detox for two weeks, get all that stuff out of your system because that's what you need to do because you're too fat. And so it, there's just a lot to chew on. And I, I even saw uh, the shedding cat, cat had posted about transformation yes, pictures. Under the show. Hey, yes, <laughs> I know. I was listening to her episode too. And I struggle with that. Like at first when I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, no, I love transformation too. That then I had to really dig deep. And I was like, yo, when yeah. I was like way bigger, I hated seeing people's transformations. Cause I was like, that's them, not me. I don't want to see it. That's not my life. Get this off of my feed. And so it it can be really difficult. And and I just think that we have to be mindful of that. I, I recently started posting videos of me working on my page and I had thought to do this for a long time. And then I'm like, no, maybe I, I just need to lose weight. I need to get my stomach a little flatter before I post these videos. And then I had to have a moment like, you don't need to do anything. Like your body is good the way it is. You have lost a ton of weight. Even if you haven't, what is the harm in posting these videos if they're going to motivate you or motivate others? And so I just started posting them, but I had a lot of fear with that because I don't, I'm not small. And I think in some ways me still trying to chase this 140 is like, no, I got to get as small and slender as possible. But that's what society tells me I have to do. I can be happy with this weight I'm at now and, you know, go into true maintenance mode, even though my body puts me there anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a thing that I really wish as society we can kind of tear down. But I think it's it's going to be incredibly hard. We're, we're making strides, but we're not yeah. there yet. 
It's, and it's something that we all have to work on, right? Um, and you mentioned, mentioned transformations, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I definitely struggle with too. Um, and I love that Kat posted that today. I mean, this episode won't air for a couple months, but you guys can scroll back on Kat's scroll feed and, yeah, and find the post that we're talking about. Um, and a few weeks ago, um, I talked about something similar because I was like, I've been struggling with posting transformations because um, you know, in the beginning of my weight loss, I was so proud, which I don't want to say you can't be proud of your weight loss, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I was so proud. So I would literally look for like the worst befores, right? The pictures <laughs> I looked the worst in the most dramatic side by sides, right? Cause those are the ones that people are like, Ooh, Ooh. And you get yeah. a lot of feedback and likes and follows and whatever. Um, and for me, I actually, I was inspired by a transformation photo to make my weight loss account, um, Felicia Fitness Health. Yeah. Um, I found one of her random transformations and that's actually what inspired me to start my page. Right. But then once I had my page and I was posting these transformations, I did like, after a while, it kind of became this, like, I was like, but what are my intentions with posting these? Like, what am I trying to say? And so often I would look back at my old posts and I was like tearing down who I used to be. And I was like, Mm. I'm still that bitch. Like, that's still me. (laughs) Like, yes, you know, so um, it is kind of this weird thing. So now when I post transformations, I, I try to make sure that it's more about the internal transformation too, mm-hmm. or the physical transformations. I think that was my last one was about my cardiovascular transformation. The fact yeah. that my resting heart rate rate went from over a hundred and now it's at 60. Um, you know, so those are the things I try to focus on now, but, um, like I said, it's something I think we all kind of have to figure out and work through. Right. And yeah. I'm still not, I'm not shading anybody for posting transformations either, no, right? Post like, all transformations. Yeah. I will say this, multiple truths can exist at one time over the same topic, okay? Yes. So you can post, you, I, I, I really strongly feel like you or whoever, all of us, we can post our transformations and it could still be triggering for somebody to see yeah. it and be like, that's not where I'm at. And I... One thing that I pride myself on doing on my weight loss page, and it's so funny because I had contemplating shutting my weight loss page down because I was like, this is just a lot sometimes. And um, sometimes you feel like you don't live up to your transformation. And like you said, I have found myself digging, like, let me find the most drastic (laughs) so I can show um, a before and after. And I had done some side-by-sides of last year to this year, and I'm looking at it like I don't really see a difference. Um, but then I show someone else and they're like, no, I clearly can see a difference in you. Like, I don't know what you're saying, but I think a lot of this can be true for multiple different people. And I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to this, who might be on the fence or saying, well, I'll never have a transformation or my transformation isn't as drastic or my body will never lean out. Like you do you focus on your journey. Your journey is going to be what it is. It's never going to be the same as someone else's and I think we just need to embrace that a little bit more because I always look at other people's pages and I'm learning to put myself in check right there like okay no you you have had a different background you had a baby I was almost 300 pounds I was 300 pounds when I had my daughter 300 pounds when I had my daughter my stomach is not going to ever be flat unless I get surgery on it so why would I want to look at someone who has a completely fat stomach and, and, and be envious or 
you know, look at myself in a different way. Um, and also when I look back and you said something about comparing your old self to now, and that's something that I definitely have thought through, but I also recognize that I'm a different woman than I was then, um, especially after I had my daughter. I was a totally different person than I am now, but that person got me here. Yeah. I would not have gotten here without that girl's determination, tenacity, yeah. resilience. So I can't put that person down at all. Like, you know, she was just as bad as this one. She was just as smart as this one. You know, like we do have to be in a better habit of not totally shaming that because it does lend to that fat phobia um, that is just so prevalent in this society. So, but yeah, multiple things can exist at one time. So it can be that I and love it can that. be this. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's such a great perspective. And I think that that's something that we all need to remind ourselves of sometimes, yeah. right? You can still love yourself and uh, work on yourself and mm-hmm. love who you used to be, but be proud of who you are now. Yeah. They don't have to be like separate things, right? No. So you also have a YouTube channel too, right? Oh, I do. <laughs> I feel you on that because I started a YouTube and I was pretty consistent with my YouTube. And then I was like, this is a lot of work. It's so much work. I don't think people, people appreciate your YouTubers. Mm-hmm, please. Because they work hard. I mean, they work hard. They're making images. They're adding stuff to the YouTube. They're adding music. They're cutting and editing. So on my author page, I have two series. So I do a quick minute video on Monday. I try to make it one minute because if not, it has to go on IGTV. Um, So I do a quick one minute video. And then on Friday, I release a longer video just talking about a topic. So I have those two videos. And then I was doing um, the YouTube, which, you know, would be like 10 minutes or longer. They encourage you to do at least 10 minutes on YouTube. So I was sitting there filming three videos a week. And, you know, I'm writing That's scripts. That's a lot of work. Yeah, like I'm writing scripts, but I also, I don't like my videos to seem like super scripty. So I'm trying to like, remember what I'm saying or read the script, but add flavor. So people don't think I'm reading from a script. And I was just like, I'm over this. Like the weight loss video is going to have to wait. And so I have had people who are just now starting to follow me. Like, yeah, I subscribed. I'm like, oh God, I'm maybe in like three weeks. <laughs> Or three months, rather, three months. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try to get back to it, but it just became overwhelming. Now, for my author page, I've been trying to film video in, in batches. You know, I'll just sit there and film several videos. That way it's out the way. I don't have to worry about it because I do this at night. So once my daughter is asleep, that's when I get into filming mode. Um, but the YouTube page, I'm going to make a comeback. I mean, I'm going to have to make a comeback because at some point, I'll be transitioning away from WW. So I need to explain that to my subscribers. <laughs> so yeah. they're not like, wait, what happened? <laughs> so yeah, I'll be making a video soon. So what, or do you just plan on moving into a different program? Or are you trying to move into more like an intuitive mindset or? <laughs> you know, I, I think I can do intuitive. I, okay. I have done intuitive before before it became became intuitive that's another trendy thing that people talk about right like people turn intuitive eating into a whole diet culture thing exactly and so I was doing that um when I lost the 51 pounds I had started with my fitness pal and then I was like I got this so I just started eating intuitively you know just (laughs) making sure that I was getting my fruits and vegetables small portions but still eating what I wanted 
I was doing really good, but then when I stopped and got out of control, I needed balance again, so I went to WW. So right now, I'm doing um, my fitness pal and WW. It is annoying tracking both, but I'm just trying to get an understanding of what what needs to go on with my eating because I have felt like a lot on WW that I wasn't eating enough. I would be like literally starving, and you know, everybody's like, "Go get your zero point food." <laughs> And I had to, that's another thing I've been grappling with because I promised myself I would never quit WW. And now I'm at a space where I'm like, I don't know if WW is serving me. And that's fair. Um, Like I said before, multiple truths can exist at one time. Yes, I lost over 80 pounds with WW. And right now, WW is not working for me anymore. Um, And I've held on for nine months. And now, with everything that's been going on in the community, it was really a natural segue for me to start this, my fitness pal. So I've been tracking there Um, in January. I'll be working with the trainer, just got my intake forms today. So I'm going to be filling those out in preparation for that. I told her I want to lean out. I want to gain more muscle. So I know I'll have to change to like the macros um, and looking at my calories. So that's what I'll be doing. I'm excited about it. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm sure it'll be all good. Yeah. Any kind of change is always like, it's better to do it gradually. Right. So I, li- mm-hmm. I like that you're kind of um, doing that gradually because what, what we see, ha- what I see happening a lot um, with a lot of people wanting to leave WW for whether it be personal reasons or moral reasons or whatever, the program's not working for them. Yeah. Um, they're just like, I'm just going to quit. No. And they've not, you know, and I'm like, what tools do you have to, to keep yourself successful? Um, yeah. And you know, everybody's different. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what your situation is, but um, (laughs) I just, I feel like a lot of these people are not really like being thoughtful about, Mm -hmm. um, or intentional about what their long-term goal is. Um, and I know for me, like when I first started WW, it is a wonderful tool for losing weight. Mm -hmm. I'll say that is it's hands down probably the most effective weight loss program that exists. They yeah. teach you great skills, especially if you go into it with the intention to learn those skills and use them as tools and not yeah. like revolve your whole life around it, which for a lot mm-hmm. of us, that's what happens, right? Because the culture in Weight Watchers is real strong. Um, it, it, it really like for a lot of people, it becomes their life. It becomes their mm-hmm. identity. Um, so you, I might have to drop you an offering because I feel like you preaching right now. Like, <laughs> I'll I'll put my Venmo in the description. Because like it does, like it becomes and I felt that way. Like and it kind of being in the past few weeks have scared me because I'm like, I could never leave WW. I could never do it like that's how I lost my weight. I think I was just afraid that if I left WW, I would gain my weight back because that's happened to me before. I've left WW multiple times. But then I was like, well, actually, like, if you leave and it doesn't work out, you can come back. That's one. And two, I feel like I've built up the skills to learn about portion control, what I need to be eating. I can totally do it. I'm the one who lost the weight. WW just gave me the tools to lose the weight. I didn't it didn't lose the weight for me. And I saw you have been posting a lot about that too. And I'm like, yes, that helped me to center my mind. Cause I'm like, that is absolutely right. I did the work. It was just a good tool. But you know, if I'm always hungry and I'm feeding myself zero point food that doesn't 
make a change. I need to eat some protein or some fiber or something that's going to keep me full longer, even though I'm out of points. And so what did that WW culture, people look at WW, the program as being an issue, but I think it's how we work the program. That's the issue. So I would mess up because I'm out of my 23 points. I just added apple. The apple doesn't keep me full. So I'm going to sit here and be hungry. That's dumb. And so I had to realize, like, Kiana, why would you go eat something else? But I'm out of point. I want to get my blue dot. Yes, WW set it up to be this way, but I don't have to accept that. I could go eat something that's healthy and satisfy myself because I'm hungry. So I'm trying to work on my relationship with food. And um, I can't blame WW for how the program is set up. All I can do is blame myself for allowing myself to be hungry girl go eat and so that's where I'm at (laughs) in my journey and there might be other programs that you know allow you to eat more I'm finding with my fitness pal I can eat a little bit more than I would have eaten on WW because I still have more calories that I can consume so it's just a switch in mindset um a switch in behavior but I'm also calling myself to the carpet and not the program for bad habits that I set up for myself so yeah, I think that's such a great point. And um, like, you know, right now we're in the middle of the holidays while we're recording this. And, you know, uh, for a lot of people that can trigger a lot of struggles, um, especially this year. And yeah, I see a lot of people bouncing around from program to program, right? Oh, I'm going to do green plan. Oh, I'm going to do this plan. I'm going to do And it's like the plan is not the problem. <laughs> It's, it's really your mindset. Um, so like you said, you know, if, if WW isn't working for you, um, you know, usually you want to look internally. Uh, when I started the program, I knew that it was not something that was sustainable forever for me. And I, I, I think that that, that is the majority. I think for most people, that's the case, whether it takes you a year or two years or 10 years to realize it. Um, but Weight Watchers is not set up to help you sustain and maintain forever. It's just not yeah. it's designed for weight loss. Um, so once you get to that point, especially with building more muscle, like for me, I eat way more calories because um, right now I'm focused on building muscle. Well, you can't build muscle if you're in a deficit, right? If you're in a caloric right. deficit, you can't build muscle. And um, what happens is you're really you're fucking up your body. You're messing up your metabolism constantly being in a deficit. Even once you hit that quote unquote goal weight, which is something else we see a lot in our community, right? Where we feel like, all right, I got to hit this number, that magical number we talked about in the beginning. Yes. That high school, you number or or that, (laughs) or that BMI bullshit. Right. Oh God. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) Uh, But really in reality, you know, like you said, we each just have to focus on our own journeys, what works for us and our bodies and in whatever season we're in, in our lives. Cause mm-hmm. y'all, it's normal for our bodies to change. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I feel that, you know, we are talking about this at the holidays, like Thanksgiving. Um, I ate, this was my first Thanksgiving truly eating and what I mean by that the past two years um of Thanksgiving I would literally eat the Thanksgiving meal and that's it no leftovers this year I was like I'm gonna eat and not only did I eat 
Thanksgiving Day. I ate the day after, so I did two days. I ate a half a pie. Like, listen, don't go eat a half a pie, y'all, because I did it. Like, I know how y'all are. Like, <laughs> y'all be like, you oh, come for Kiana for eating half a pie. We've all done oh, it. You do, let me say this. Let me put a caveat out there. I am the last person you want to come for on social media because I will give you <laughs> your money. You do not want to come for me because I am going to come for you. So don't do it. I, I, I had somebody hit me up about my cereal that I posted yesterday. I know we just got off on a tangent. And I'm like, yo, like, I lost over 100 pounds. Like, don't, please don't talk to me about eating cereal. Like, that's the last thing you want to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to exit my DM. <laughs> Were they just trying to sell you that overpriced $40 box of... Oh, God. No sugarless cardboard. They're trying to Listen, peddle on Instagram. I watched y'all's review, and after I watched the review, I said I would not be getting that cereal. That thank you for that review. No, just, they were just, just saying like cereal. I shouldn't. How how do I eat cereal and lose weight? Like how you eat everything else, you put it in your mouth and chew. <laughs> right. <laughs> it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. It's not. It's yeah. just food. It's just, it's just food. food. And that. And for me, that's been a big piece of. Um, overcoming my relationship or my struggles with food is just realizing that I was giving food too much power. I was constantly thinking, oh, can I eat this? How many points is this? How many calories is this? Uh, Is this good? Is this bad? Mm -hmm. But like, it's just fucking food. Like it's not not that serious. It's not that deep. Let me tell you, I I am still like trying to process all of my relationship with food. So a couple of, well, no, that was just last week. I went to the doctor. So I, I have these episodes that I pass out and I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out why I think we finally figured it out because I have very low blood pressure and with low blood pressure, if I don't eat and then I go work out and I don't have enough water, I'm going to pass out. And so that's what we finally figured out. But I went to the doctor last week and um, I wasn't feeling good. And I was like, I think I'm going to pass out. Now I can feel it coming on. So the um, nurse went and got me a juice. And the first thought in my mind was, oh my God, I wonder how many points this is. (laughs) We've all been there. And I was like, girl, you are about to die. Like if you don't drink this juice. And I'm telling you, Marlon, it's like a, like small, like a little kitty juice that they give at like daycare. And it was only 60 calories. I'm like, let me drink this juice. I didn't even count it. Because I was like, first of all, like, you about to pass out. You need to drink the juice so you can feel better. But I really then came home like, like, yo, you, 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 you're tripping. Like, this is going to help you feel better. It was only like a few calories. Who cares about the sugar? Chill. And so that's where I'm trying to get in my journey to where food doesn't like bother me to where I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be 19 points or 500 calories, I can't have it. I can eat whatever I want, as long as I eat it in moderation or modified or something like that. And so that's where I'm trying, what I'm trying to embrace. And it's been freeing. It's not easy because I'm checking myself all the time. Um, And I think that's the issue that people, others, because, you know, people see you and they're like, okay, well, what are you eating? Can you have that? Should you be eating that much of that? Like the cereal thing. Should you be eating cereal? Uh, Yeah, I have never once given up cereal this whole journey. I've been eating cereal this whole time. Um, But people have in mind what they think is healthy food versus unhealthy food. And so that has to be relearned. And one of the biggest reasons why I'm trying to learn it is for my daughter. So that she won't think, well, 
this is bad for you. Or like sometimes, like a few weeks ago, I ordered pizza. Usually I don't eat the pizza with her. Um, I'll make skinny busy. I listen, you have busy on and I listened <laughs> to the episode and I was just, I gotta get that cookbook. Um, yes. and we're having Pete, we're having her pizza for Christmas because I refuse to cook Christmas. Oh, we're having the same for Christmas. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Everyone's been telling me like, how are you going to be eating pizza for Christmas? Because this is my house and we do what we want to eat. But we're having, <laughs> we're having skinny pizza dough for Christmas. Yes. But I love it. I ate pizza with my daughter and she was like, mom, you're eating pizza. And I'm like, yeah, because usually I'll just get some for her. And I'm trying to teach her that we can eat the same thing. There's nothing wrong with um, me eating the foods that you eat. And I think that helps her build trust to eat the foods that I'm trying to give her, which, you know, I try to get her to eat healthy. So yes, my relationship with food has to change. But again, please don't go eat a half a pie because you heard me. (laughs) Please don't do that. Well, we're all like taught these ideas, right? Growing up and um, especially as women, I feel like we have this extra like pressure. Don't eat that. Why are you eating that? I remember when I first uh, started my WW journey or started my weight loss journey, um, I would go see my family before COVID and they they would be like, oh, can you eat this? Oh, can you, is this okay? And I'm like, y'all need to chill. It's not that serious. Not that serious. Um, Yeah. So I get what you're saying. And I I love that, that you had the pizza with her. Yeah. And it was good. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Business dough is bomb. Okay. I don't rave on any dough because that the regular two ingredient was a no. Whack. Whack. And my daughter hated it. My daughter was like, no, mommy, never again. (laughs) She's like, what is this? This is not pizza. She regularly asks for busy's dough. Like once a week, she asks to make it. Um, and so we don't make it as much as we used to, but we're definitely having it on Christmas and I'm excited. I love it. I love that. That's what we're having too. And, uh, yeah, my husband's like, he said he wanted pizza for Christmas and I was like, all right, so I'm going to make a breakfast pizza. Um, do you guys have, I don't know if you guys have Casey's in Michigan. No, we don't. Gas station. Okay. So we have a gas station here, uh, called Casey's and they sell pizza. And it's like the best pizza, but they have a breakfast pizza. So I'm going to try to duplicate that for breakfast. And I was like, and then we have pepperoni pizza for dinner. So pizza all day on Christmas. Thank you for, for having that. Cause people have been asking me and I'm like, we're having pizza and wings. So I'm doing a Mexican pizza. So I, I, I made love a Mexican it. pizza for her dough and it is so good. So I'm doing that. I'll do pepperoni for my daughter and I might do another one. We'll probably have three that we can just choose from. And then we'll do wings and probably salad. Yeah. How do you make your Mexican pizza? What do you put on it? So it's the dough, um, refried beans, just like a thin layer. Um, I I don't know if I would do this this time, but last time I did it, I did um, ground turkey with queso. Ooh, um, and yeah. so I put that over, over it, um, some more cheese, um, onions, um, tomato. What else did I have on there? I think I had some black olives. I can't remember. I made it one time and I have not made it again. And it was probably like one of the best things I've ever eaten, but I just never revisited. I don't know why, but I think I've only made it because I had extra queso dip. I love my queso dip. Um, I make it all the time and I was like, I'm gonna make a pizza out of this. So yeah, I'm gonna post it on Christmas. I just gotta go back and see what all toppings I used on there. So we'll have that. And then I put a little salsa on the top, like the taco sauce. Oh yeah. Um, not the tomato sauce though, because it already had tomatoes on it. So 
I love that. I've never thought to make a Mexican pizza. I got to try that. I do yeah. a Mac sauce. So I do a Mac and cheese pizza. Ooh. And that's a real bomb if you like Mac and cheese. So I do I like do. A, I do like a queso um, like sauce. And then I just break up one of Trader Joe's like the reduced guilt mac and cheese. Ooh. I just break it up and put it right on there frozen and then top it with mozzarella. Oh, it's so that sounds so good. I got to get to Trader Joe's. I just don't like going because the lines are long, but I miss that mac and cheese. Okay, I'm going to look for that recipe. Do you have it on your page? I do, yes. I have a highlight. Okay, I think it's called it. Max, so Mars Maxa. Ooh, that sounds so good. Yes. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, is there anything else that we should know about Kiana? I think you guys learned a lot. Hit me up on social media. I'm an open book. If you DM me, I will DM you back. Um, I always like to be a cheerleader and make good, positive relationships with people. Follow me at KYD underscore WLJ. I just changed my name, so I was like, break part. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll link and, everything in the description yeah, of this episode as well. And yes. And on my website too. So yes, I was going to say KianaDaniels.com. There we go. You'll find everything Kiana there having me. This was so. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.